name. Praise God. You may be seated. If you're online with us, we appreciate you being here today. What an awesome, awesome presence of the Lord, which is to be expected in Jesus' name. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is that fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore, and I'm seeking more and more, and hopefully you are too, his pleasures in Jesus' name. Such an awesome God, such a, such a way to do this in Jesus' name. If you're home right now and you have sickness in your body, just lay your hands on that right now in Jesus' name and call upon the name of Jesus. Speak the word of faith. It's just, it's, you know, there's no magic formula here, folks. It's just having faith towards God. That's all it is. I don't want to belittle that, but that is really what it is in Jesus' name. Praise God. You heard our general superintendent say one night he just laid hands on his head and God healed him. And I don't believe that he's any, any different than you and I. Praise God. It's just an example. It's kind of like that active faith, that creative faith, where one day they just said, hey, let's take these prayer claws and let's anoint them and let's just send them out wherever we can't be. I, I'm telling you, folks, that's God. God does that kind of thing. As long as he gets the glory, folks, that's the whole matter of whatever results. Praise God. Amen. And so I thank God in Jesus' name. And I am. I'm thankful. I, you know, every week, you know, somebody's got something that they're dealing with. Everybody is. And, and I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just saying I, I find myself thinking more and more, God, I don't have to go through this alone. I don't have to do this on my own. I mean, he's not leaving me or forsaking me. He didn't say, well, yeah, this is yours. You just do a deal with it. No, God is there. He never leaves us, and so we can be assured with that. And there is a comfort that comes with that. There's no question about it. Um, sometimes the, the effects of whatever we're dealing with sometimes lingers. It's kind of like a tree that gets cut down. Sometimes, you know, that tree lays there for days and months sometimes and looks like it's alive, but it isn't. And so we can cut these things off at the root, and, and this is what I believe the Lord gives the authority of the apostolic church to do in Jesus' name. Um, I was reading in scripture, I'm in the process of praying through the book of Psalms, and I read through the book of Psalms again today, and, they, and it makes reference to the, or not through the entire book, but I was praying a certain chapter, and they were making reference to the fact that, um, you know, when, when God uh, evicted them from Egypt, what an eviction, huh? Um, you know, the Bible says there wasn't one feeble one among them. So there was a traveling day, there was something that had to happen, God knew that well in advance. He could have gotten the angelic buses down there and took them all out there by himself, but he decided not to. He said, we're going to walk. This is the way we're going to work. And so, you know, in order for that to be accomplished, people had to be healed. And so from time to time, I really do believe that God will do that. I believe the entire place will just feel a sense of healing and rejuvenation and, and that type of thing. And it could come in the flavor of, you know, reaching the city, you know, that the church comes together and makes a concerted effort. And God will give you energy and he will give you extra strength, if I can put it that way, for that task to be done. Amen. Now, I, I, you know, again, I want to be careful that I'm not, you know, wading into territory I shouldn't. But for me to sit here and think that, you know, every day, God, I want to be healed and I want to feel great and all that kind of business, I personally, I think that's a little unreasonable. 
because I think it's going to cause me to become a spoiled brat. It's going to cause me to do some things that will not be conducive for the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean I pray every morning, now, God, give me some sickness here. You know, I mean, my goodness, just lay it on me. No, I don't think that's where we want to go either. I think we just want to go into the place that, that we believe God, and we know that he is a healer. And from time to time, it's like speaking in tongues, folks. I'm going to tell you you've got to speak in tongues 24 hours a day. But if you got the Holy Ghost, you shouldn't be going a week without at least doing some kind of praying in other tongues. I, I just, that's what I believe because it's a gift. He's given it to you. I think it's the same thing with healing. You shouldn't have to go for months and years without feeling the healing touch of God. Amen. And so consider these things and God will give you understanding. And I believe what will happen is we'll become stronger witnesses. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. This is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's been suggested for me today um, that I do a little teaching on uh, pastors and, and ministry and that type of thing, and which I'm going to do um, uh, here as I wander on here and stuff like that. And so I, I believe the Lord can, can help us in Jesus' name. I thank you very much in advance for everything that you're doing. People are so kind. Um, you know, uh, banners and, my goodness, um, Tony LaRussa called me this morning and said that we're promoting... <laughs> You don't know who that is. Some of you don't. He's, a, he's the White Sox coach. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, man, I'm getting a lot of free press up there in Gillette. I said, well, send us some money, Tony. I said, we'd like a new building. You know, you guys make a million dollars a year or millions of dollars. You can send us some money so we can give them foreign missions and all that kind of business and that type of thing. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to ask those people for, some, for that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, I appreciate it, and I do know that, uh, that uh, for the majority of you, it's, a vast, it's very, very sincere in Jesus' name. What? It's fun. That's what my wife said. She said, use that three-letter word often today. Fun, yes. And um, I do appreciate the game of baseball. I do. I, I still enjoy it. It's like music. Um, and I appreciate it. When in eighth grade, I still have a coach back in Iowa, in Cascade there, I don't think he's no longer the coach, but L. Marshall was his name. Um, he was greatly disappointed when I didn't go out for the baseball team when I got into high school. And I think he put a curse on me, to be honest with you. But the bottom line is I, 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 tur I tur took a turn and I went into music then. And, um, and that became the love of my life for a number of years and that type of thing. But I've always appreciated the game of baseball. I'm, I like it. I think a lot of ways it hasn't changed. Still the fundamental game, you know, and, and the team game, and I like that. I really do appreciate that. So all that you're doing here today, I appreciate that. But one thing I would request, and not that I'm not thankful for what you're doing for me, but let's consider honoring the office. And I believe that's what we do um, when you do honor the individual. The, the, anybody that's put in an office needs to be careful that, that you, you realize that. Amen. You know, the Bible says that God puts them in and takes them out. That's just how it works. And sometimes, you know, I've seen that in, 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 in phases of my own life. You know, for whatever reason, God just said, okay, I'm going to put somebody else in that position. Um, and, um, and like it or lump it, you know, you've got you to gotta accept that. And I appreciate that. And I, I have grown so much in those, kind, in those times, realizing, you know. What is the word indispensable? Yeah. None of us. And I don't say that condescending, folk. I say that very, very sincerely. Nobody is indispensable. God is just, he's able to do. But, you know, as long as I'm able and as long as God will allow me, I want to be used of some type. My goodness, you guys could, you know, hire me to clean the church. 
I would do a good job. I would. And so that type of thing. So I'm, I'm going to be busy doing the work of the Lord, whatever position he puts me in, in Jesus' name. Turn in your Bibles today. I've only got, what, a half hour here, or a little longer, longer than that. And I'm going to try to abide by my time today, behave myself. Um, I don't promise you that. I'm just that I would try, okay? So, but, but Titus chapter number 2, let me, let me start off with these comments here. Um, I'm going to talk about um, guidelines that teach. I'm going to talk about guidelines that influence. Um, if you come to this church for very long, you'll hear the term discipleship. And that is an offer. That's an invitation. I offer that to anybody who will come to this church. And we have several discipleship classes that are going on in this church right now. And we go through a, a, you know, a pretty good curriculum and 80-some-odd and, um, lessons and, and, and then more and all of that kind of business. And it's just something I felt like the Lord gave me about 20-some years ago and said, this is what I want you to emphasize in this church. And I'll show you scripture for this here in just a little while. But um, the idea of it is I believe in influence. I believe that everybody needs and has to be and is influenced by something. It is. It's the world we live in. You can't hide from it. You could go up to the mountains, and you could hide your head in, in snowdrifts up there, and you'd still be influenced by something. And so think about that. But consider this. Titus 2 and 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And I believe that. I don't believe anybody can hide from the grace of God. It says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly. And everybody say, in this world. Yeah, this one right here where we're at. Amen. God wants us to live that way. And then what we get is we get a glorious future we can look for. Look at verse number 13. It says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God of our, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us and that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's man's disease, folks. That is. That's the cancer that you and I have. It says, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You notice that? That's what God's intention is for you. And I believe personally with his influence in our life, that will happen. That we will begin to see that, hey, it's not about me. It isn't how much I can accumulate. It's what I can do for him, praise God, and enjoy ourselves along the way. And when you talk about the role of a pastor, this is one, in my opinion, that has to initiate that many, many times. You know, God puts me in charge of the prayer room. I come here early every service, before every service, and I begin to pray before anybody else does. That's not bragging, folks. That's my job. I need to come in here and begin to start things off. I've seen that happen. I've seen people be able to come into the prayer room because somebody's in there employing the Word of God, and people are able to get off of that ramp a lot easier in Jesus' name. I understand the heaviness of your burdens. There's none of us that are not affected by that today. We are. We've got... Heavy things that we lift around. But the man of God's got to learn first to take and put that, cast your cares upon the Lord. And then go in there with an absolute free reign, praise God, and begin to lift up the things of God in Jesus' name. And things will happen on a regular basis in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Praise God. And all of that is, much of that is due because of the influence of God. Amen. And that's not some positive mental attitude, folks. That's psychology. That's what that is. And I don't want to go there, praise God, because that gives credit to the person, 
No, all of this has to be given to God. He's the one that's able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that we ask or think. God is able to do this. Amen. And somehow somebody's got to lead in that effort. There's always been that in Jesus' name. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the word pastor, pastors, is only found one time in the New Testament. One time. Does anybody know where it's found? Yes, that's the only place that you're going to find the word pastor. And so the bio, you know, when you look at the word pasture, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, it can be replaced with the word shepherd. And this is something you and I, we have to study about because most of us don't have any idea what it goes into shepherding. We have no idea what that is. Back in Jesus' day, they could, they could relate to this. They had them, you know, within a, within a few hundred feet of the, of the city, people were, were, were doing shepherding. And so when Jesus taught these things initially, praise God, they could catch that. They could catch that. But in today's world, we have to explain a lot of things to people. And shepherding is, is really what, what, what has to happen, praise God, because that's what God ordains in Jesus' name. That's what he ordains in Jesus' name. His name. I was telling you before, you know, discipleship class, I can't remember what lesson it is. It's probably 30 or 40, somewhere down the line. Down the line. I think we just went through it with one of our groups. You're going to come across a Bible study that's called Governing Elements in a Person's Life. And it's a very, in my opinion, well, they're all important, but this one is very important because in our world today, there's so much anti that going on. You know, nobody wants to submit themselves to anybody anymore. And I'm not being negative, folks. I'm being very realistic. And we blame it on the government. You know, we blame it on the boss at our job. We blame it on our husbands and our wives and all that kind of business. And that's really pathetic because that is no reason not to. Amen. And so you and I must understand that that's where, you know, a lot of this ministry comes in is that, first of all, they've got to be extremely submitted to God. If they're going to get anything accomplished, praise God, that's what's got to happen. And, um, and I, I'm not blowing my own horn here, folks. I'm just trying to point out something. That's why prayer for the leadership is so very, very needed. You know, but today, instead of praying for people, we criticize them. That's what we do. We tear them down. We get this, you know, this stupid thought in our head that we can do it better. And the real bottom line is you'd have the same temptations. You'd run into the same brick walls. You'd, be, you'd end up with the same type of situations, no matter what you're dealing with. And the reason is, is because in, in God's church, especially, or especially on this earth, we're dealing with people. And I remind myself probably six or seven times a week, I'm a people. That's what I am. Now, I'm not making an excuse for that. I'm just saying that's what it is, you know. And so in this Bible study, what you will find is you'll find there are three major influences that God gave to the church on this earth, Two, three of them. You know, I think there's more, but there's three major ones. The first one is, of course, his word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against you. Just read the 119th Psalm. It's the, it's the longest chapter-wise by a book or chapter in the Bible. It is, 176, I think, verses. And I mean, most of those verses are lifting up God's words, statures, precepts. These are things that, that, that describe God's word. Amen. And so God's word is so very, very important. That's why one of the things that Paul was, was training, one of the training um, uh, uh, things that we see him is with Timothy. He literally trained Timothy a lot. And he said, you know, 
Um, and he talked about the Word of God. He said the Word of God is, you know, is quick and it's powerful, obviously. But let me show you something that he showed Timothy. Look at this. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Let me show you this. And I know most of you know this, but I just want to remind you. And it says that in verse 15, 3 and 15 of 2 Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The scriptures will help you to know how to be saved, period. You will not get saved in God's kingdom any way else. That's why the, the word is so important, praise God. And then it says all scripture. Everybody say that. Yeah, every bit. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And he gives us four different areas for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that people will be thoroughly furnished. Amen. This is why the word is so very, very important. And so one of the things that God has established in the New Testament church and also in the Old Testament was the preaching of the word. That's why. How shall they hear unless there be a preacher. So you must understand, God uses vehicles, human beings, to take his word to places, praise God. And so that's why it's very important. And so no question about it. You can study Isaiah 55, 9 through 11. You'll find out that his word and his ways are way above ours. Well, somewhere we gotta get, he's got to get it down to where we can reach and we can, we can receive this, and that's what happens. The word came down. In fact, one of the greatest illustrations of this is in the first chapter of the book of John, the Gospel of John. In the beginning it was the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what a beautiful illustration, praise God. So everybody say his word. His word. Amen. And then the second thing that, again, I'm talking about absolute governing influences in a person's life is the spirit of God. Amen. And this is why it's so important for you and for you to invite people to receive the Holy Ghost. Now that doesn't make you autonomous. Just because you have the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that you can go off and do your own little thing. You can try that and believe me, it isn't going to work out very well for you. And I'm going to show that to you here in just a few minutes, but I'm just trying to warm you up, praise God. The Word and the Spirit. Jesus told that woman at the well in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. He said, the time is coming and now is. He said, it's right now when the true worshipers, the word true there means genuine. People who really are seeking the face of God are going to have an identifying mark in their life. There's going to be an influence in their life, and it's by the Spirit and by the truth or by the Word of God. Can somebody lift their hands and give God praise for these things? Oh, what a mighty God. What an advantage and privilege that you and I have, praise God, because of these ingredients. Amen. And I know your weeks are wrestling with all kinds of things and situations, but please give time and space for these things to influence you. Amen. Your families will be a lot better off. You will be a better employee. You will just be a better citizen, praise God. I'm telling you something. When we allow these experiences to come into our life and keep coming into our life in Jesus' name. I made reference to the book of Titus before about the grace of God. Well, let me read from the next chapter, praise God. The Bible says in Titus 3 and verse number 5, I'm coming into the middle of the thought, but it just says, not by works of righteousness which we 
we have done, and it's talking about salvation there. You and I don't deserve this. We don't come to a place where we earn this. Amen. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How did he do that? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. That's why he told Nicodemus in the third chapter of John, you must be born again. And then for clarification, he said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. He wasn't trying to be confusing. He was trying to point out, praise God, what Paul did years ago or years later, that you are not saved because of your ability. You are saved because, first of all, the kindness and the love and the mercy of God already came to meet you, praise God. And man, I'll tell you, if anybody needs that kind of influence, it's the church of the living God. Amen. And that's what God freely gives to you and I. He freely gives to us that kind of influence in Jesus' name. And then the last, the last, or not the last, but the, the third thing, praise God, that is the, the very influential in a person's and in, in a Christian's life is the ministry, or what I would consider the fivefold ministry. Praise God. And this is greatly misunderstood sometimes. People think that they can elect themselves to those positions, and we have to be extremely careful with that. Amen. You know, if you study that out, and, and I'll tell you what you do, and I'm not going to do it here today because of the lack of time, but get you an amplified Bible, amplified version of the Bible, and take and study verses 10 in Ephesians 4 all the way through verse 16, and you'll get further clarification of what he's talking about. One of the things that you will, you will notice is that these ministries are gifts, that's what they are. They're giftings that God gives to the church. Praise God. Amen. And so I thank God for that. I am absolutely ecstatic that you and I can have these kind of things and influences in our lives. Praise God. And they last forever. I was telling somebody yesterday, I've just finished a three-volume set of, of a book called, a books called um, uh, Questions Pentecostals Ask. I won't go into the details of them, but this man's influence is incredible. Now, I give God the glory, but isn't it funny that even almost 20 years after this guy's dead, he's still influencing. He influenced the daylights out of me. And this is the thing about the kingdom of God. You know, you take a guy like Abel who was just doing the will of God and his brother got ticked off at him and got so mad at him that he killed him. Talk about unfair. But the Bible says it ain't over then. Right. Amen. It ain't over because the blood of Abel still testifies to the righteousness of God in Jesus' name. That's the kind of thing that God puts. That's what I call a legacy in my opinion. Amen. God gives his people that kind of influence. And I emphasize, God gives it to them. Amen. And we must recognize that. Amen. Sometimes we just get, and I have too, we get so caught up in personality and how people are doing it instead of the quantity and the quality of what's coming out of that person's mouth. That's what I've learned to discern in Jesus' name. Praise God. I remember one time, Brother Craft, um, he was an excellent singer. He really is. And, um, and, and I asked him to sing at one of our district functions because he's got a great voice. I, I don't really care a whole lot for country music, but he just does a good job at it and that type of thing. And so he was going to sing, but I remember just before he got up, you know, or not before, but I think it was the night before, um, Brother Wright had got up 
and, and he was he's a tremendous man of God. I appreciate Brother Chester Wright. I really do. He is a, definitely a mentor of mine. But he got up and he said, I can come into a service and within five seconds I can tell if you're in the will of God. <laughs> well, you say something like that, man. Well, I guess I'm not going up there, you know. <laughs> well, you can use that as an intimidating factor or you can use that as a launching ramp. Praise God. Yes, I don't want to just get up there and sing any song. I don't want to just get a list of things going and get the crowd going. Let's get it shaken in Jesus' name. And I'm not trying to be funny here, folks. I'm just trying to say, listen, let's get the anointing of God flowing in this place. Let's keep it flowing, praise God. It's what's going to heal people. It's what's going to give people direction. Come on, it's going to give people hope where there is no hope in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he got up and he sang, but it was, I could tell he was as nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. I mean to tell you, but I thought to myself, good, you're a great singer, you got lots of talent. I need that kind of check in my life too. Amen, if what I'm doing, is it pleasing to God? Am I doing what God wants me to do, or am I just up here trying to be some gospel clown? You know, and we got to be careful with that one, folks, we really do. But that's where the ministry comes in, because they got to lead the way. They're the earthly liaison sometimes between that great almighty God and the people. Amen. And I'm talking about a gifting. That's what God will do. That's why I take it very serious. There's things you saints can get away with. Oh, I know, I know you're doing them and I'm praying for you, but I ain't going to come and get in your face. But some minister comes around and tells me they got a call of God on their life and they want to do something, praise God, and I see a little check in their spirit. Man, I'm going to get in their face. Not in an unkind way, but praise God, this is serious stuff. Praise God. You want to know why? Because if you study the history of the, midst of the ministry, come on, folks, the, the Word never, never changes. The Word never fails. The Spirit of God don't screw up. Come on, but when you talk about the ministry, praise God, we got this stuff in earthen vessels. That's why ministry can make mistakes. That's why they got to be quick to repent. That's why they got to have the call of God in a genuine way in their life, in the name of Jesus, and say, listen, nothing else is going to get in the way of that. Come on, folks, that might sound serious, but it is. That's why not everybody's called to the fivefold ministry. That's why God don't give some blanket call out there and say, whosoever wants to be a pastor, whosoever wants to be an apostle or a prophet. No, that's not how it works. God begins to deal with these people a long, long time before they come and they get behind something like this. And it is. It's very serious, folks. I mean, sometimes I tremble at it, praise God. It's because, what do you think? Why do you think I resisted it for those months I did? Even back then, I had no idea what all of this meant, but I knew it was something big. And man, I tried talking God out of it. I said, God, there's much more qualified people out there than me. And I know some of that's a little prideful, but you've got to be careful. But I knew the severity of it in Jesus' name. And so you and I, we must understand that God gives giftings. That's what that verses 11 through, you know, at least 11 through and 12 say, that these are giftings that God gives them. And I emphasize the fact that it's God that does that. Amen. And that's why we got to be very careful with how we perceive that in Jesus' name. And so the fivefold ministry, let me just read it for you here real quick. Look at um, Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. I know many of you are familiar with these verses, but I just want you to, uh, the rest of you, I just want you to know that I, I'm actually getting this stuff out of the Bible, okay? 
And so the Bible says there in verse 4, or chapter 4, in verse number um, 9, I'm reading in a King James Version Bible, 4 and 9, Ephesians, it says, Now he that ascended, what is it that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. I've heard some different teaching on that, but it's, it's really referring, I know for sure it's referring to Jesus Christ. This is God in, in manifested in the flesh. And then it says, And he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now that is Jesus. Jesus fills all things. And look at verse number 11. And he, and that's still the same subject matter. It's still talking about that he that is Jesus. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers and for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long is this supposed to last? Well, look at verse number 13. Tell all of us, everyone, even the latecomers, even the ones that, that, that get hired into the field at 11.30 at night. I'm telling you, folks, this is what I'm talking about. This stuff never ends. That's the thing that really rocked me, is I couldn't take any days off from this. This was 24-7, and it scared the daylights out of me because my flesh man wanted, you know, a 40-hour week. And a lot of the ministry in our culture, that's exactly what they're doing. And they don't realize that's not God. Now, I'm not saying that God keeps you under the thumb, you know, all the time. But you are on call. That's the way it goes. Praise God. And so this is why the ministry is such a precious thing. And it's a gifting. Praise God. Amen. And so till they all, or till we all come to the unity of the faith. Amen. The word unity is found three times in the Bible, twice in this chapter. Unity of the faith and, and unity of the spirit. And then in Psalms 133, it's a unity of the brethren. And so unity is one of the things that the ministry is responsible to keep. That's why I've gotten sideways with my brothers in the ministry, and I've had to repent deeply and ask God to forgive me because of some personality clash. I'm telling you the truth, folks, and it can't happen after five or ten years. It's got to happen real soon. One of the things that has to happen in the ministry is we have to develop a quickness. Praise God. Quit making excuses and just get down and do it. And boy, I mean to tell you, that's the lead. That's what God has, through the ministry, will portray in Jesus' name. Brother Lee Stonking has a unique book out. I think it's called The, the Gifts of the Spirit and, and, and that type of thing. And it's a, not a very thick book. But in that book, he goes into detail about some of the gifts of the, or of the, gifts of the Spirit. And then he refers to the, um, to the ministry or the fivefold giftings this way. And I've appreciated that. He said apostles. Everybody say apostles. Apostles are for the governing of the church. That's why the Bible says we are built upon the apostles' doctrine, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. You must understand, those 12 apostles of the Lamb were very instrumental in getting that foundation out there after Jesus left. They were the, and still are the governing force. Do we still have apostles today? I believe that. Not the 12 apostles of the Lamb, but we have apostles, which the word means to go someplace and to establish a work for God where nobody else has. That's the, that's the apostleship. I'm not bragging, but I believe that was one of the things that God gifted me with when I came here. I did a history of Gillette, Wyoming in apostolic um, uh, ways. And I, I could only go back as far as the early 80s 
That's when the first person came here. And I'm not finding any fault here, but they were here for about two years. They got a building and got a crowd, crowd of people to come, and, and man, within two years, they were gone. And I'm not criticizing. And then a few years later, there was another man that came, and about the same scenario, about the same scenario. And we inherited the double white out there is what we did. When we came here, there wasn't anybody here. Nobody had come for about a year or two. Amen. And one of the things that God kept emphasizing to me, that's why Sister Carnahan said, I mentioned to Sister Carnahan one time, I thought this was only going to be about a five-year plan. I only said that once to God. She thinks I told him that every day. I didn't. But after about a few, couple of years, I knew this, hey, pfft, I don't know, I had my ideas, but he had his, his ideas. And that way was to come and to stay and to establish the work of God. Now, again, I take no credit. All I'm doing is taking my leads from God. All I'm doing is trying to do what he wants me to do as often as I can. I am a human being. I'm not going to make an excuse for that. But the bottom line is, folks, I, I, you can't, there's no discharge in this war. And so this is why, again, it's, you know, we must understand there are apostles among us. Amen. And then prophets. Prophets are for the preaching or the guiding. Amen. That's why you must have prophets. Sometimes the spirit of a prophet will come upon somebody. Amen. But I believe that there are prophets that are gifted with that for guiding the church. And then you have the evangelists, amen. And again, these are kind of things that have gone by the wayside in our culture, but evangelism is basically for gathering, gathering people. And that's why the ministry must be there. And there are God-called evangelists, people who are, that's what God has gifted them with. That's why you come into a church sometimes and, and you'll get some hotshot evangelists up there and you'll think, my God, how come our pastor can't do any of that? How come he can't? I mean, my goodness, look at him. And they'll compare and they don't realize it's a gifting. And that same pastor could probably go to some other church someplace and do the same thing. Seriously. It's what happens, but it's a gifting that God gives. And then we get into the pastor and the teacher. And this is so very important. God helped me to understand this a long time ago. What the pastors are, the shepherd, amen, is for the guarding, guarding of people, amen. And that's a very important role, folks, because if you stay in a city and you stay in an area long enough, man, there's going to be things come out of the woodwork, amen. And then the teaching is for the grounding of people. Get people grounded in the word, Paul, I think it was his farewell journey, I think is what it was. But he was, he was coming in, going headed to Jerusalem. He knew that God had a, had a definite plan for him. There's a lot of folks who didn't understand it, but he was intent to do what God wanted him to do. And the Bible says in Acts chapter number 20, in chapter number 20, when he's on his way back to Jerusalem, and verse number 17, the Bible says, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus, and called the elders of the church. They're going to have an apostolic convention. Paul is saying, we need to have a meeting. And it's a, it's a tremendous thing. I won't go into all the details now, but the, the latter portion of this 20th chapter, Paul begins to tell them, I've been serving God with humility and with tears. And he goes into some of his experiences, praise God. Amen. And he talks about how that he kept back nothing from them. And boy, he probably got his lunch ate from that, but he just did. And I can identify with this because I know lots of times I get behind here and I know exactly how it's going to be taken. I know how people are going to look at me. I know how it's going to look in their eyes. 
But I got to resist that. That's pride. You got to say, God, did you give me that to say? Okay, I'm going to say it. Help me to say it in love. Help me to say it with just a little bit of tact. But praise God, God, I got to say it. I can't sit here and let them go wandering out there and let something that looks good out there grab their attention. I got to tell them, praise God, if it ain't founded on the Word, if it isn't the Spirit of God, it's something else. Oh, my goodness, folks. And that's what has to happen. That's called guarding the flock. Amen. And I know people misrepresent that. They say, you're some tyrant. Man, you just want us to do it your way. Man, alive, I could, that could not be further from the truth. Amen. And so guarding and grounding, that's my two major things that I have done here. And I'm going to continue to do them, praise God, because they have to be done. People have to be done. I thought, man, person comes into the church after 10 years, they ought to know everything. Well, man, I find out that people, even after 10 years, they got to be grounded in some stuff. After even 45 years going on, you got to be grounded in some stuff. And so this is what it is, and Paul is trying to get this across to them. But here, let me pick up his remarks in Acts 20 and verse number 26. Let me show you this, and I hope that you can get a hold of this. And understand this in your life. It says, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Wow. He's saying, listen, I got no blood on my hands when I go up and meet God. And that's where I want to be, folks. And then he says, for I have not shunned or I have not hesitated to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I wish that you would pray for me to do that. I wish it wasn't just God in my idea all the time. I wish, and I pray that there'll be saints in the church that'll band, get behind the preaching in Jesus' name. I used to think that was theatrics. I used to think that's just show. No, it isn't. You go to some churches, man, there's people on the edge of their seat going, amen. And they're not trying to look good. They're trying to help that pastor and that preacher understand, hey, I'm behind you. You preach that word, praise God. I'm going to say amen once in a while. And again, I'm not trying to get you to say amen. I'm just trying to give you a point. Amen. You can help me preach. You can help me declare the whole counsel of God. You want to sit there like some log? That's your business. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm already commissioned from God. But boy, I'm going to tell you something. You can make it a whole lot easier on a man of God by doing that. Amen. And it's funny how we can, go, we can go to Indianapolis and we can go to St. Louis and we can go to all these big conventions and man, we, amen, oh man, my goodness. We come back to the local church and my goodness, it's like, what? Isn't that the same word? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Praise God. And so verse 28, he goes on and he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Do you see who he's talking to there? That isn't a saint's rally, folks. That is a minister rally. He's got the troops in now. And he's saying, listen, folks, I was over you guys, and I believe that. Amen. We got ministry. Brother, brother um, um, Sermon up there in, 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 uh, in Billings, he's my district superintendent. He can call me and tell me, he said, Brother Carnahan, I want you to preach with your back against the wall. Okay, I'll do it. I'll try it. You know, I'm, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd just say, you've got to give me verse and chapter for that one. But the bottom line is, he'd tell me what to do. I, I'll, I'll obey him. I appreciate that. He's over me. 
See, nobody's got to have anybody. You got, everybody's got to have somebody over them. That's why that lesson in the discipleship class, maybe some of you need to get it out again. The governing elements in a person's life. They're not just pretty. They're not just something so that we can toot our horns. They are there for the protection of the people. Amen. That's why what you're doing here today is, is the will of God, honoring that office recognizing what that really is, that the pastor isn't your personal little friend that's got to agree with everything you say. Woo, I'll leave that one. The Bible says, and to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Never forget, pastors, this isn't your church. This is God's. It's kind of like we teach tithing. Tithing is because the money isn't yours. It's God. You're just giving back 10% of what he gave to you. Amen. And then it says in verse 29, for I know this. Here's what I want you to see. Please, please look at this. Paul said, there's nothing I can do about this. I know this is going to happen. That after my departing shall grievous wolves. Yeah. That's why animals are given for an analogy sometimes. And wolves are not kind. Maybe you've got to, uh, you know, save the wolves in Yellowstone Park card in your pocket. And I'm not here to debate with you. But I'm saying spiritual wolves are not kind. They're vicious. They're people that will come sometimes in sheep's clothing. They look good. They act like they really do want to know the truth. And the pastor's going to keep preaching the truth to them. But he's going to keep his eye on them. He's going to watch who they talk to. He's going to watch how they talk to people. He's going to watch, not because he's some nosy, because he understands, praise God, that there's going to be some wolves that are going to come in. And then what their, their whole duty is, folks, is, to, is to not to eat the sheep. No, that's not what they do first. What they do first is scatter the sheep. That's why if you're a person that is given to, to rumors, Please ask God to help you with that. Because that's what happens. We start spreading rumors. We get some idea in our head, but that's what he's doing. What's he doing that for? And man, we don't go to the pastor with asking him what's going on. We go to some saint. Wow. See, think about that. I'm not reprimanding you. You guys probably want to cancel a meal already, don't you? I'm just trying to take my liberty. I'm just trying to help you to understand this is important what you're doing here today. You're honoring that position. You're saying that's important. Amen. I got to go on. Um, four things here I want to show what I, what I feel like. The, the, and that's gonna, I'm just going to read them. So I know I'm looking at the clock too. Um, praise God. I got my own little clock right back there. But um, four things that, I'm got, that, I'm, that I emphasize, I try to emphasize in my ministry, and this is what I'm going to give to you. First of all, I feed the flock. That's one thing I ask God to do every service, folks, every service. I want to feed you. I don't want to give you some, you know, um, uh, you know, some meal that was two weeks ago. Amen. And then second of all, that I am here for the reproving and for the rebuking. Amen. And I understand that's, but it's got to be done. Reproving is just telling people what they don't believe, what they shouldn't believe, and then rebuke. And then number three is to preach the word. 
Preach the word. Don't get distracted by what's going on out there and all the rumor mills and that type of thing. Get into that prayer room. Get yourself completely cleansed and be able to come out here and just spell that word right out. And then the fourth one, I want to give you scripture for this. And this is something here of late that I've seen the such necessity of. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 28, and I'm just about done. I'm only three, two minutes over. See, if you'd have sang three less songs, I'd be okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put the blame on somebody, right? Yeah. Okay, look at Matthew 28, and then I'm going to quit. Matthew 28 and verse number 18. <clears throat> Bible says there, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Somebody say amen. amen. All power is Jesus's, and whoever he decides to give it to. And then it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What does that transform into? In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, then the Bible says, Teaching them to observe. Now here's where the pastor guarding and the teacher grounding comes in. Teaching them to observe how many? You should be able to do that in about three weekends, right? <laughs> I don't think so. That's the continuing ed. All things. We can't just quit when everything is just feeling well and we just got three paid through to the Holy Ghost, baptized a couple here this last month. Let's just quit. No. Now we got to keep going on. And that's what I recognize, that... Pastors and teachers, on the most part, in a local assembly are given the, the, the task to teach all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. So what you're doing here today, honoring the ministry, the giftings that God has given to the church in these last days, is a good thing. Thank you. I do. I mean that. You folks are a class act. I tell people that wherever I go. Amen. And I don't think that's lying. I think that you are. I think there's a lot of things that you have learned over the years, praise God, that you put into application every day in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?